Another preseason in the books for your New England Patriots, but the lessons that they learned are just starting to begin. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to this weekend episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Welcome to the Locked On Patriots podcast. We are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I am your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on the Bird app, on X, on Twitter, however you refer to that platform these days. At, <laughs> I like that. Mike's creative. <laughs> At M-B-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. That's fans, we are recapping New England Patriots 23-7, a preseason loss to the Tennessee Titans. Lots to talk about, and as you can see, joining me today is a man that needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway, the legendary Connor Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports. Thank you so much for dropping by today, Don Murph. I'm, I'm huge in the Crimean Peninsula. Um, <laughs> happy to be here. Hope to help the ball club, man. Thanks for having me back, Michael. Anytime, bud. Anytime. We are proud and we are honored to welcome you here into this weekend episode. And folks, don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, and they help you do it faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. In terms and conditions, apply. And, you know, Murph, Right off the bat, I think it's important to remember this is a preseason game. This is not necessarily indicative of what we're going to see in the regular season. In fact, I think it's highly likely that it's not indicative of what we're going to see. But I also can't blame Patriots fans for expecting better than what they got last night. So, you know, I like to end on a high note. We're going to try to do that today. So let's get the unpleasantries out of the way early, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, We'll start there. Mac Jones remaining on the sidelines, Bailey Zappi getting the start in what was a frustrating night for the second-year quarterback. Finished 8 of 15, 57 yards, but I don't think the stat line tells the tale. Murph, when you look at this from an offensive perspective, from a quarterback perspective first, why didn't this work on uh, Friday night? Well, first of all, right off the bat, and the, the best decision that was made last night by Bill Belichick was not to start Mac Jones. Okay, it really was. Anybody who thinks any different is is catastrophically uh, wrong, wrong, so wrong. (laughs) Um, You know, last night was even more of a patchwork on the offensive line than it it had been in weeks past. And it it came to show. Now, I I was pretty hard on Zappy last night live. Uh, I thought there were a couple of instances where he could have gotten rid of the ball a little bit quicker and avoided some sacks. But um. Other than that, what the hell was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) 
What went wrong? It's a loaded question. Yeah. I don't blame yeah, you because it was, it, there are it, it so many ways question. you can go on this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, there just wasn't enough time. Uh, Zappy had no time to do anything. Mm. Uh, he, he, the um, uh, the play action game was non-existent because the line was so porous and uh, th- there was just no time to do anything. There was no rhythm to the night and, you know, and everybody needs a little rhythm to the night. And that wasn't happening last night. Uh, and also I, I didn't like the fact that, uh, that um, Zappy came out again in the third quarter. I think mm. that uh, we should have sat him down, you know, let the wounds heal just a little bit and um and moved on and, and seen some some guys that that are are trying to make this roster and uh possibly you know uh put a little excitement into the evening and we didn't get much of that last night no we truly didn't and i'm glad that you mentioned that about him coming out for the third quarter i think universally on twitter if you go back folks and you take a look at some of the tweets that were coming out during that time a lot of people were confused by it. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were uh, bewildered by the fact that he was coming back out after Trace McSorley had taken the ball to end the second half. A lot of I WTF think it may... tweets. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, it may be, and I'm not saying it is, folks, but it may be indicative of the progress that the Patriots believe that Bailey Zappi has made and what still needs to come. Um, Obviously, he was out there for a reason. I mean, the Patriots, if they had seen enough of him, would have definitely held him back. I don't think Bailey's in any danger of being cut. I think that's pretty obvious, but uh, I think they needed to see a little more from him. And last night, again, being under pressure, the sacks, that is going to mess with your psyche if you're any quarterback, whether you're a seasoned veteran, a second year, or a rookie. That's a lot to overcome. So I definitely understand and give him the sympathies on that. But where I think Bailey Zappi failed last night was ball security. And this is something that I believe Bill Belichick is going to be working with him. Bill O'Brien is definitely going to be working with him. Bill looked uh, fit to be tied, for lack of a better term, Bailey um, got more an often than once. Yeah, and you saw a couple of them on camera, folks, yep. if you watched the broadcast on Patriots Preseason Network. And also, uh, that was probably mild compared to what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, sure. Uh, one of the easiest ways, and we say it over and over again, Murph, to earn your way into the Belichickian O'Brien doghouse is to not protect the football. One of the big reasons why Ezekiel Elliott is here. He's so good at protecting the football. The Patriots want that in a running back. They need that in a quarterback. And Bailey Zappi did not show that last night. I chalk it up to a bad game because Zapp is usually not the type of guy to cough up the football that much. But even in the face of just unending pressure that he was getting last night, you still need to protect the ball better. I saw a lot of one-handed handling of the football last night. As a starting quarterback in the NFL, you can't do that. No, you really can't. You got to put that ball away. You, it, this mm-hmm. is not a loaf of bread, people. We keep ta- harping about this and talking about it, and and yes, you can you can put some on the offensive line in that hit that that he took there, but you have got to be able to tuck that ball away and keep it uh, in a in a safe in a safe space. It, mm-hmm. Three times, three times, the ball hit the turf, and he lost one of them, and uh, it was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. And unfortunately, it kept the Patriots out of rhythm and out of sync pretty much all night. Uh, You mentioned Trey Sorley getting a few snaps. We even saw Malik Cunningham, but very limited snaps. Um, Trey was credited for 0 for 1, and Malik was credited 0 for 2, seeing limited action. Uh, New England's quarterbacks all night long, Murph, mustered only eight completions, being sacked to combine six 
times. So we're going to get to those big round men in a minute because that is a problem. But were you surprised by the usage of either Trace McSorley or Malik Cunningham? And what do you think it did to their stock when it relates to earning a roster spot? Um, it didn't help anything. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, right now uh, there were a lot of people out there tweeting that uh, that formally Cunningham to to get him into the game, and maybe he could have shown a bit more. But as of right now, I, I just I, I can't give him a spot. I really mm-hmm. can't. And the, the chance of him of uh, the Patriots losing him um, diminished. Mm-hmm. From yeah. from what people have seen over the over the past week or so, it, it mm-hmm. really has. It, it's the kid is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I have no no doubt in my mind, but the seasoning needs to be to be put on, and it needs to yeah. be put on both sides of 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 this young man. Uh, I I don't think he helped himself last night in in any way. Yeah, if there's anything right now that could save Malik Cunningham and make him a member of this roster it is that emergency quarterback role and the Patriots may look at it and decide they need to carry three in order to actually fulfill what that role is designed to do now the Patriots could roll the dice they could take their chances and they could say you know what we need a roster spot elsewhere there are a lot of guys fighting for a spot on this team we're going to carry two we're going to see if maybe Malik can get onto the practice squad it's a risk uh, because I know there's a team in Baltimore right now that likes what this kid does, knows that it fits very well with the system they're using, and also happen to have gone to the alma mater of their starting quarterback. I think they'll be very interested in Malik Cunningham if he's on the cutting room floor. But, folks, those are the chances you have to take. Yep. I like Malik. I would probably put him on the roster just to prevent anything like that from happening. But Bill Belichick makes those final decisions, and if Bill Belichick does decide to cut him loose, I completely understand where he's coming from as well. Yep, me too. Yeah. Murph, before we completely just pile on the quarterbacks last night, uh, we wouldn't be doing our job unless we talked about the offensive line. And yeah, let's do it. It is still a problem. Uh, there's yep. no question about it. Uh, a lot of the first teamers were taking the night off, so we're going to give them a little bit of a pass. But when you look at the guard and the tackle position. Last night, Andrew Stoop, Chase and Hines anchoring the left side. Yeah. The right side, Riley Rafe, who now we're wondering what's going to happen with him. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. And City So at right tackle. I thought this right side did a serviceable job. I thought the left side struggled, although Andrew Stuber experiment is not looking good right now. Nope. Surrendered two strip sacks in as many games. Uh, Murph, you know the big round men up front better than anybody. Uh, tell us what your us mere mortals did not see last night. What went wrong with this unit? Um, uh, there's a complete lack of of uh, communication as, in a glance here and there. Uh, nobody knows who to pass anybody off to. Stuber looks just lost out there. Um, you know, he gave up two sacks. One of them on one of them a strip. One of them on third down that you really can't do. And these guys are are simply not on the same page. And I have to right now at this point in time question Adrian Clem and how because he's had these guys to work with for a long time now mm. and I'm not seeing any progression. I'm really yeah. not. Clem was brought in here as I don't want to say a savior, but a a uh, a better than competent offensive uh, line coach, uh, a man who's been in the trenches who's coached at every level, and I've I've expected more out of this grouping now now. Having said that, you know, uh, Tennessee started a lot of their first teamers mm-hmm. on um, on defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
take it, take it, take it to heart, but then let mm-hmm. it go. Because once mm-hmm. again, and, and we've said it before, this is not the, these guys are not going to be de- going to be depended on as a group. Hopefully it's me knocking on wood over here during the season. When, when everybody gets in there, yes, I, th- I think these guys can come in and, and plug a hole for a, for a series or two or for a, a quarter or a half. Uh, but right now, you know, j- just relax for, for lack of a better term, just relax for a second and see what, what's going to happen. Now, now the other side of that coin is the starters haven't been able to play together whatsoever, Mm. you know, because of health and circumstances, these guys aren't out there. These guys need to get together and get on the same page. Uh, We need some health on this line. Yeah, we absolutely need some health on this line. And that follows into Riley Rafe's exit due to a knee injury. Right. We saw him get his knee rolled up in the first half. He exited, did not return. Uh, Bill Belichick uh, spoke to the media after the game and then again on Saturday morning. Coy both times, so we're expecting some news to come out on Riley Rafe within the next day or so, folks. We'll continue to keep you monitored here on Locked On Patriots as soon as we know what that status is. But his ability to play both on the right guard, the right tackle, maybe even swing over to play left, this could be a significant loss for the team. Right. It really could. This 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 throws a real uh, monkey in the wrench into what everybody is hoping to see through a rotation this year. Uh, City uh, so got got you know rolled up on him, and and that was the last. He went off to the tent, and then directly from the tent went back mm-hmm. down into into the locker room. So le- yeah. let's hope that uh, that things aren't as dire as as they might be. Yeah, exactly. And um, you mentioned communication just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. and then we'll take a leave of the subject and we'll move into some more pleasant things that happened, folks, because believe it or not, there actually there were, a, were couple. a couple that did happen on the field. But um, communication is definitely key to the offensive line. You've articulated that very well here on the airwaves of Locked On Patriots several times. Do you think the lack of continuity among the starters getting out there, guys that know how to communicate, yep. with the exception of David Andrews, who really has been out there more than he's yeah. not been, uh, but missing guys like Cole Strange, Michael Wainu, Trent Brown, does that have anything to do with the communication between coach and unit uh, for the veterans to be able to adequately relay that message to the younger players that it might does. not be used to getting it? It really does. You might see these guys over on the sidelines and street clothes or anything, but if they're not out there leading by example, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to get into their replacements face, you know, saying, look, man, you can't, you can't make us look bad because I have to uh, step out for a blow because we're mm-hmm. on a long, uh, long drive. Yeah, it does. It, it, it definitely makes an effect. Um, any coach will tell you that, that players learn more from other players than they do from us during the, during the course of any season. And, uh, and yeah, I do. I think it's a hindrance. Yeah. And, uh, it probably is with the way that these players not are having those season veterans as, as, as a, uh, as an example is, ha- has made, uh, made the job harder. Absolutely. And you talk about someone who has a reputation of being a great communicator like Adrian Clem. Take a listen to Pittsburgh Steelers players that have played under him when he was coaching in the NFL, definitely at Oregon and at UCLA. This is a guy that was a great communicator. He could reach across the line and connect with a player because he played the position. And that is so important and so vital, especially in the modern game, to be able to translate that type of vision 
into a younger player and get them to understand it because you've been in the same position that they're playing in. So I definitely think that that's a concern for the Patriots. Good news is that Cole Strange and Michael Wainu are expected right now right. to be ready for the season opener. We're hoping that's the case, folks. Neither one of those is confirmed. Where is Mike Poppolis? Yeah, exactly. And that at that point, and you even heard Bob Sosi mention this on the broadcast last night. Maybe it's a situation where Mike does return now yep. to the tackle position, but with the injury to Rafe, what does that do? Does Bill Murray now come in and yeah. take a shot at the right guard position? He came in to spell Riley last night and actually played pretty well. And Bill he has did. been one of their more consistent linemen throughout this training camp, throughout the preseason. The Connor McDermott banged up, Cody Rusey banged up. Yep. It's a tough uh, go along the offensive line. But if the Patriots get their starters back, that strengthens this line so much. It's almost like a power boost uh, mm -hmm. that they're going to get uh, in terms of bringing them to where they need to be. So a lot of concerns, still a lot to think about, but Patriots offense simply needs to be better than 79 total yards of offense on just 42 plays that they mustered up last night in their preseason finale. You can bet the Patriots are going to eclipse that, but the question is by how much and how much will the line allow them to do it? Murph, we love talking about anything when it comes to the New England Patriots, and we kind of took all the negatives and we pushed them off to the side right now. We kind of got that go. out of our system. But you know what, folks? There were some highlights in this game, and Murph and I are going to talk about a couple of them that really happened mostly on the defensive side of the ball. But all the good that came from the Patriots' 23-7 loss to the Tennessee Titans on Friday night, I'm going to talk about that right here when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Locked On listeners, some say the key to a happy life is love, and others will say financial security. I'll leave it to you to determine the path of your own happiness, but what is my key to a happy life? Comfortable pants. That's right, I said it. Or shorts, because there are still some summer days left. And that's great news, because today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bird Dogs, the most comfortable lower body wear you will ever have. Bird Dogs make you look good. I own a pair of their joggers. They are by far my favorite pants, a perfect mix of fit and comfort. And just in time for that last gasp of summer, I'll be wearing my Bird Dog shorts, the best shorts I've ever owned to keep myself comfortable and cool. Bird Dog shorts fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a free white tech hat with your order, just like the one I'm wearing. That's birddogs.com LockedOnNFL or promo code LockedOn for a free white tech hat. You will not want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Patriots fans, thank you for taking time out of your weekend to spend here with us on the special edition preseason finale recap here on Locked On Patriots as thank the Patriots God. fall to the Tennessee Titans 23-7 in their last preseason tilt of 2023. And if you heard Murph say thank God under his breath, I think he's thinking and saying everything we're all feeling. It's time to get back to real football. and. Right. Murph, what we saw on the field last night didn't necessarily whet the appetite of Patriots fans for real football, but at the same time, there were some positives to take away yeah. from the field. Um, there were some players that showed up last night, played very well, 
uh, and I think did a whole lot to further their cases for roster spots. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But when you look at this game, what are the positive takeaways that you had? What went right? for the on the field for the Patriots against the Titans in Nashville on Friday. All right, let's talk a little early run defense. All right. Mm. The, the the Patriots the the defensive line really stepped up during this game. Anthony Jennings was everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. It's Great like game. his mother lifted open the, the, the window and started screaming, Anthony <laughs> Anthony and he was just there. He was just yep. there. He was at the ball. He was making stops. I, I just loved it. It was fantastic. So yeah Two big, huge, huge green thumbs up for the the, the run D on, on Friday night. Mm, great, great point. Absolutely. Anthony Jennings, Ronnie Perkins showing up. Uh, folks, I'm yeah. going to do the respectful There's thing. My I'm next, not going to talk about what point. happened. I don't know about you, but I got replaced vibes from that moment. But, uh, you know, that's just me. Uh, I happen to love that movie. You're going to see Shane Falco run out and run the huddle and whatnot. But, yeah, you know what, folks? Check out the replacements this weekend if right. you don't know what I'm talking about. And then read about what happened to Ronnie. Ronnie. Nothing to feel ashamed about. We've all been there, trust me. But bottom line, I thought there were some players that really showed up. And you yeah. mentioned Anthony Jennings. I, I mentioned Ronnie Perkins. Calvin Munson was Calvin just, Munson, you know, definitely. I'm not trying to jump ahead. I know what we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Calvin Calvin Munson really solidified his place on the 53 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed that he's going to be more than a core special teamer, that he's right. somebody that you can you can run out there and depend on you know, for five or six plays a, a game. So that's well all it said. takes sometimes. Absolutely. So well said. Because we knew Calvin had the skill set. It's yep. the field awareness. That is what's separating him from his peers right now. Ten total tackles, one for loss. Yep. Yeah, just a phenomenal game for the kid last night. And you really, really are glad to see it for someone that has kind of bounced around between the practice squads here and in Miami. Uh, good to see him. After, doing yeah, Patriots after the Zappy turnover, you know, the first mm-hmm. snap, Munson just dropped Chestnut for a four-yard loss right there, mm-hmm. you know, with the goal line in sight. It, it was, it was, it was nice to see him have that kind of day. And you mentioned Ronnie Perkins, man, that was the best, best I've seen Ronnie Perkins since I was started watching film of him yeah. at Oklahoma for God's sakes mm-hmm. it's like where has this kid been well he's been injured people yeah but this exactly. last night showed everybody what why Bill Belichick rolled the dice and, and wanted this kid in the fourth round mm-hmm. it showed why he's still here and uh and you know it, it's just inched right up you, you you might see him on that final 53 in my initial 53, I had him off because I was just, uh, you know, I just didn't think that he could stay on the field mm-hmm. long enough. But last night reignited my love for Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, absolutely. And if nothing else, the effort that he provides mm. and the fact that he showed up when he most needed to show up right. shows you exactly how much he cares and how much he wants to be a member of this team. And his teammates had nothing but great things to say about him after the game as well. So Ronnie Perkins balling out. You mentioned Calvin Munson. I had a funny feeling that these names are going to be popping up again soon, maybe in segment three, folks. So stick around, stay locked in. You, you don't want to miss it. Uh, but uh I think we need to get in on the hype train, Murph. I think we need to get with the program and walk alongside our brethren at the Pat's pulpit who really had a ball with this last night. I saw Doug Kai get into the action. Um, two words, Murph. Marte Mapu. Long-awaited debut, folks, and yep. Marte did not disappoint. No. 
you talk about aggressive style. Each one of his four tackles was aggressively made. Uh, we want to talk about heat-seeking missile. This kid is it. He draws a beat on the ball on his target, and he is going to be relentless in his pursuit. Right. He's going to hit you hard, folks. And we didn't see that much last night, but you know it's coming. But I love the fact that this kid could get all over the field. He was all over the field last night. He really yeah. truly was. He's in man coverage. Then you see him switch to the split safety zones. Then you see him align mostly as a sub-package linebacker and really doing a great job no matter what. We can see him play an off-the-ball role next to Juwan Bentley. Yeah. Uh, he can get in there. He can align at both safety positions. 11 snaps last night, folks, at uh, free safety, and he can play in the box. Uh, this kid's multifaceted skill set, and I wrote about this last night for Sports Illustrated, I think sets him apart not just from his peers on this team, but I think sets him apart from a lot of the third right. rounders in this NFL draft. Love this pick the minute they made it. And I love it more and more each time I see Marte on the field. Great, great yeah. debut for him. It, it really was. It was fantastic to see him out there. It was fantastic to hear him. I've told you many times, folks, close your eyes and listen to this kid hit. And it, it's mm. unbelievable. And you could hear it last night. And <clears throat> excuse me, with the, um, with the, uh, the issues on the offensive line and the, the lack of Marty Mapo in, in the front of my, you know, in the frontal lobe here, mm -hmm. uh, I, I began to, to question Bill and, and his pick there. And maybe we could have gone for an offensive tackle there in the third round. Mm -hmm. And then he, he took the field last night and I was like, yeah, no, no, it was the right move. <laughs> it was the right move. Yeah. Build from strength. Absolutely. And let's not forget his ability and his eagerness to learn the playbook, right. uh, to absorb every bit of coaching that he's getting. This is a highly intelligent football player. Some of the more learned New England Patriots in that yeah. defensive backfield have absolutely sung his praises like you can't imagine. And the linebackers as well. You've heard Matthew Judon talk about Marte with such uh, conviction and such uh, admiration. And Adrian Phillips really talks about this kid so glowingly. Uh, in right. the way that he's able to, uh, you know, adapt to what the Patriots need him to do and just do anything that's required of him, really uh, sounding an awful lot and looking an awful lot like a prototypical Patriot. So yep. barring injury, barring anything unforeseen, uh, Marty Mappo looks like a keeper, folks, and I think the Patriots are going to love this pick. And uh, look, he even turned Murph around. How much better can you get than earning the respect of this great man right here? I'm sure that's definitely a feather in his cap on the trophy case of Marte Mapu right now, which I'm sure is going to be added to in the coming years here as he wears a Patriots uniform. And that leads me quite nicely into what we're going to wrap the show with today, folks. And that is players that help their case the most in terms of earning a roster spot. Don't forget, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, is the roster cut-down deadline. The Patriots must go from 90 to 53. That means 37 players currently on this roster will be looking for work in just hours. And it's a hard thing, it's a tough thing, but it is a necessity in the NFL. Which players, based on their preseason performance, with special emphasis on last night's game, may have helped their cause to stick around a little while longer? Murph and I will reveal our choices when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Get excited for game time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. 
killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun you're going to have. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's why it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy weekend to join us here on Locked On Patriots. Recapping the Patriots' 23-7 loss to the Tennessee Titans in the preseason finale. And of course, folks, we've broken down the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to this game. And we're going to try to put on our Belichickian prognostication hats in just a moment and determine which Patriots may have helped their cause to stick around for a little while longer after roster cutdowns are made this Tuesday at 4 p.m. But in the meantime, Murph, I think it's only fair that we remind our great listeners that Monday is once again Mailbag Monday. Yeah. If you're listening to the show right now, don't delay. Do it today. You got a question? Put those questions in the comments section on YouTube right below. Just put the hashtag Mailbag Monday in so we know that you want to submit your question here to answer on Locked On Patriots. And don't forget, there will be calls going out all throughout the weekend on Locked On Patriots to submit those questions. So get those in, because Murph and I are looking forward to answering your questions, your comments, and your concerns right here on the airways of Locked On Patriots. But now that the preseason is in the books, it's quite obvious that the Patriots are going to turn their attention to building a roster. And we know there are several players on the roster bubble. We've been kind of hinting about it for a little while, but now it's time to take center stage. Based on their performances last night, and even if you want to include the rest of the preseason, who do you think has done the most to help their cause for a roster spot in 2023? Um, How about going with somebody that we didn't see a lot of last night, and that's Keishon Boutte. Mm. (laughs) Okay? Um, Boutte played the first series of this game and then was kind of relegated to the bench, and it, it was – Bill has seen enough. You know, the, these guys have seen, uh, you, you know, Butte is, is on this team and, and he could only hurt himself last night and Bill didn't give him a chance to. And so th- that's, that's, that's my take is the fact that Bill came out and said that the starters weren't going to get a lot of, a lot of run in this game and that, um, uh, who you're going to see out there is are the guys that are that are fighting for a position. He wasn't out there enough. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think he's got his position. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, do you We've hate been... the, do you hate that answer? Did you want? No, <laughs> no, I don't hate that answer at all. Okay. You know, we've been on the booty train from the beginning yep. here. We didn't need to be brought in or dragged kicking and screaming onto that. We always believed in this kid from the minute he was drafted, simply because of the prowess that he showed in that first year and a half as a member of the LSU Tigers. This is a kid that was on his way setting records really being a formidable wide receiver in every facet, uh, whether it be on the perimeter, making catches, contested catches, showing speed out of the break. This kid could do it all. And 
yeah, is he ever going to be the same player again after the injuries and the difficulties that he went through in LSU? He might not be at that level, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a serviceable and very good NFL wide receiver. The Patriots at this point, like Murph said, have seen enough of him. And the fact that they pulled him early last night does show right. that they have high hopes for him. And Bill Belichick kind of, I want to say tipped his hand when we spoke to him on Saturday morning right. uh, via video conference, but he says he had a big camp. He had a strong camp. I thought he got better each and every day. Bill usually doesn't drop those types of hints if something's up. He would either say, well, everybody played well and, you know, we're just going to evaluate and right. see what happens. He specifically mentioned uh, Butte's progression and how impressed he was by it. So take that for what it's worth, folks. I agree with you. I think uh, um, Keishon Butte right. my original his way onto this roster. Yeah, my original a answer was going to be Calvin Munson, but we talked about Calvin so mm -hmm. much already that, you know, I, I flipped it. There you go. Yeah. Sorry, folks. And, you know, and Calvin's ascent to being in contention yep. to earn a roster spot Really something that has happened within the last couple of weeks here in training camp. Calvin was quiet early on, doing his job, doing it very well, but starting to make that leap. And you see the Patriots putting him out there more and more yeah. and giving him more responsibilities. That knowledge, that previous knowledge that you have in a Patriot system is so vital to being able to succeed here. And credit to guys like Calvin Munson. <sighs> Like Matt Sokol at the tight end position, right. guys that have been here for a little while, like or Ronnie Perkins had previous stays. Ronnie Perkins absolutely is another one. I throw even Anthony Jennings into that, although I don't yeah. think Anthony was ever on the roster no. bubble. But you're seeing progression and growth from these guys because of the time that they've spent here. That's it. Those Set that, that, that edge. time in definitely get something out of it. I even want to give a little love to JJ Taylor. He's making himself yeah. a very very yeah, see, tough cut. Yeah, you know, right. That that that's the thing, you know. It all comes down to the love affair with Ty Montgomery and and mm -hmm. his love affair with with the hot tub. Um, can't make the the club from the tub, but you know, I I still think that, you know, this coaching staff loves what he does when he's healthy so much that it, it's still going to be JJ. You know, my favorite little ricochet rabbit <laughs> who uh, once again gets relegated to the practice squad, but the, you, you're allowed to bring so many guys up from the practice squad now that um, I, I do think he makes it there. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think he'll be a, excuse me, a frequent call up mm -hmm. if that's the yeah. case. I do too. I think he'll be a frequent call up. Look, I would love to be able to roster JJ Taylor. I think he is one of those guys that gives 150% every yep. time he's out there and knows that he's the type of player that has to give that amount in order to be successful, but he always does it. And you don't want to push players like that down the line. You want to give them the stage to be able to perform. You want to give them the opportunities it's usually a numbers game, and I think that's what it yep. comes down to with J.J. Taylor this time around. So a lot of decisions the Patriots have to make, but one thing I think we did get some clarity on last night, Murph. We didn't get clarity on a whole lot, but we did get clarity on a few things. You mentioned Boudet being yep. a member of this team. I think that's almost a foregone conclusion now. Um, with all due respect to Carlos Waitman, who I thought had a decent game and a decent preseason, I think Bryce Barringer has definitely solidified yep. himself as the punter. Great point. He, he had some difficulty in uh, practices, folks. We've all reported on it. There were some inconsistencies. There were some times where he might have shanked a couple of punts or come up short. Waitman outperformed him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Waitman outperformed him in some of yep. those uh, you know, practice settings. But when the lights were on, like Murph said, 
Bryce Beringer came up big, and he came that's up it. huge, not just last night's game, which that 69-yarder was unbelievable. Oh, God. I mean, just, uh, you know. Like Smarth, you know. Yeah, you just, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's true. He really did. Both Alex Barth and Brian Hines of Pat's Pulpit has gotten in on the uh, the act on that one too. This kid is electrifying when it comes to the leg that he can use. Forty nine point two net average last right. night. Two of his punts landing inside twenty, but this is not the first time he's done it. He's done it all throughout the preseason, folks. He had two sixty plus yarders against the Packers. One yep. in the first quarter, one in the second quarter, sixty one and sixty yards respectively. And he had a 62-yard punt in the second quarter against the Texans in the preseason opener. That's four. Um, and that's impressive if you're a rookie getting limited sample size right. in the preseason. Because don't forget, Leighton was getting snaps in between over there as well. So as much as I do like Corliss, and I think he worked extremely hard yeah. and had a good camp, uh, Bryce is the guy. And I don't yep. think there's any question and, about and that. And I'm sure Corliss might might get picked up and catch on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's just the Barringer is just, he's the man. You know, yeah. take a big whiff. You, you know what I'm talking about, folks? Take a big whiff. <laughs> this kid, this kid gets it done. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it, like I said, there, there are guys who, who don't as a coach, I can tell you, there are guys that during practice where it just doesn't happen, but when they step into the box, when the lights are on, boom, mm. there we go. There yeah. we go. And, and this kid is a boom. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he put some ice in the box when it comes to the punter battle. Now, the kicker yep. battle, folks, that's another that's story. Yeah, that could yeah. get very interesting over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, Murph, before we take our lead in on this subject a little bit, no, I know we didn't really plan on talking. Do not about carry the, uh, two. Don't <laughs> yeah. carry two. Send Junior mm-hmm. back down to 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 Texas to to you know kick for uh for Dallas uh, and be at home. It, it's it's keep the kid. All right, mm-hmm. keep the kid. Yeah, he's a fourth rounder, folks. I don't think anyone is thinking that the Patriots are going to cut this guy. No. Uh, he hasn't been disastrous. I mean, I know they cut um, Roy Wasser a couple of years ago. That was a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, and they needed to rid themselves uh, of that as soon as they possibly could. But um, Ryland has shown enough uh, that he's close enough to Nick Folk yeah. uh, to warrant a spot on this team. I'll always love Nick for the contributions he made here. I thought he had a great tenure here in New England. I do think the Patriots are going to try to move him in the next couple of days. Right. So keep in mind, folks, that that may happen. It may not. Uh, but, no. um, you know, you know, who knows? I, I agree with you. I think keeping two kickers. Bill could so, just be playing so it so close yeah. to the vest and he understands that every three points is going to count and every extra point is going to count and mm. uh, want to give this kid some time. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of a, of a learn on the job kind of guy when it comes to football. I'm not with baseball, mm. get back down to the minors where you freaking belong, but there are no <laughs> minors here. All right. And um, this kid is not going to end up uh, on a uh, making it through waivers and getting to a practice squad. Because, like you said, you trade it up for him. Let's, you know, let him let him happen. Let it let it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Patriots are ready to roll their dice and roll the dice and take their chances with Chad Ryland. And we'll see. They're going to be rolling the dice and taking their chances an awful lot over the course of the next couple of days as they fill out this roster, folks. And the New England Patriots march toward their season opener on Sunday, September 10th. Tom Brady Appreciation Day at Gillette Stadium as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles. We are going to be watching and getting ready for regular season football. Can't wait for that, folks. But you know what's coming first, and you can't wait for it? 
Mailbag Monday. So be sure to get your questions in for me and the Connor Murphy Fisto himself. We can't wait to answer your questions. But in the meantime, but what can I say? But thank you for joining me here today on weekend. Not only is he the Green King of Sting, the monster master of disaster, but he's also now the weekend warrior here on Locked On Patriots. <laughs> Add another nickname onto the list because you deserve them all. But thank before you. I let you go, please let everyone know where they can interact with you and what we can look forward to over the weekend, if anything, from the great pen, the great voice of Thomas Murphy. Well, you know, of course, you can catch me on Zitter at TMurf207. Uh, you know, the former bird app, it's Zitter now. Uh, I, I'm over there at E2GSports.com. Uh, I'm going to put out my final roster projection the day after the rosters come out. <laughs> it's a bold strategy for I do one Cotton. a year, man. I do, I do one a year. I do a way too early mm. one. Right now, I'm not going to get into it. I, I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. I got too much going on with Mookie Betts in town and, and you know, mm. the the – the, the up and down ride that the Red Sox have been this year for me, fire bloom now. <laughs> yeah, we all saw that image of uh, Mookie and uh, China kind of, uh, you know, meeting in the tunnels of Fenway Park. Be a fly- <laughs> oh, it'll be a, oh, to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Uh, had to be a little <laughs> awkward, no question about it. Check that out whenever Murph puts pen to paper, folks. Definitely check that out. Mm. Anytime he does work for E2G Sports, it's always appointment reading. My favorite Sox coverage in the business. And while you're at it, if you want some Sox coverage as well, give a listen to my colleague, Gabby Herbert, over at Locked On Red Sox as well. But in the meantime, folks, continue to stay safe and to stay well and be the change you wish to see in the world. Get your questions in for Mailbag Monday, but most of all, have a great weekend. I'm Mike DeBate. He's Thomas Murphy. We're going to see you again in just hours. Thank you all for your support for Locked On Patriots, folks. We couldn't do it without you, especially all you everydayers out there. Have a great day, and we'll see you again here on Monday. How's Jeter Downs working out, Heim? How's Jeter Downs working out? I love it.